tell us what is it that you enjoyed watching as a child in case you were wondering if it's really live it is what was your favorite thing to watch or one of your favorite things to watch as a child <clears throat> take a moment to share that in the chat scooby-doo all right we'll start there scooby-doo adventures of superman roy rogers show all england badminton championships that's fantastic not at all what i was expecting good excellent it's fun to get to see how we enjoyed different things as a kid you can keep writing those i'll come back to it in a moment or you can just keep reading them one of the things that we have seen oh i'm going to just stop uh, emergency squad 51 all sorts of different things here thank you for sharing you can keep oh little house on the prairie there we go oh a couple people wrote that at the exact same moment you'll have to get together you two bugs bunny gi joe <laughs> that's great bugs bunny wow some of you just the same at the same moment that's perfect i love it so many different things coming in Night Rider, Sesame Street, it's great. So many different things. You know, oh, okay, something from your home country. You'll have to tell me how to pronounce that, Mutiera, and what it was like. The Waltons, Tom and Jerry, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Chips. Okay, we've got lots of variety here going this morning. We'll get back to that at the very and but that was our uh chance to get to know each other a little better this morning so you can keep writing those and keep getting to know each other a little bit more we are a community together let's just pause and pray together as we open up god's word oh god we thank you once again for the opportunity to gather separate differently than what we had hoped but God, we are gathered in your name. And where we are gathered in your name, you are there. So by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to each person's need and that as we open up your word together, that we would sense you are here with us in presence and in power. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of the signs of humanity's progress through the ages has been the discovery and use of power. Muscular power, humanity's muscular power and animal strength, but also fire and wind and coal and gas and oil and steam and electricity and nuclear energy. Yet there is power available to humanity that is even harder for us to grasp hold of. These things that we can see that are tangible, that we can touch and harness are things that we can easily gravitate towards. And yet there is an omnipotent, all powerful God who is the source of all power. Whenever the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible, God is related in power in one form or another and this greater emphasis on internal spiritual power 
hard part for us is that we usually want God's power to show up to take us from the circumstance or the situation that we're in. Would you take us out? Demonstrate your power to get us out. But in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit's power is an inward power, often inviting us to persevere through trial or tribulation, to not short circuit the work of God that is in our challenges. Oh, I can't get an amen this morning because you're not here the, right here. But, but if you were, you wouldn't say amen to that. The power to go through, I, th I thought your power was to get me out of. Instead, the Holy Spirit shows up right in our situation. We see this with the early church. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Now, this is again, um, this writing here, uh, the second book following after Luke, the book of Luke, written by the same author. Now listen to this, starting in verse 4. On one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, let's just pause for a moment. Are you going to showcase your power and get us out of this oppressive situation? Are you going to show up and get us out of here? Demonstrate your power. Demonstrate to us that you are here. But he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But... You're not getting out of it, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Going on for a moment to verse 12, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. This is after the ascension, after they've seen Jesus just raised up to heaven. Uh, he, they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. A Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. They all joined together in prayer. They wanted power that would take them from the situation. But instead, God said, I'm going to give you power through the Holy Spirit so that you can do amazing things right where you are. We can do nothing to reach the world without the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing to reach the world without the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them to wait. Wait until you receive the Spirit. But once they received the Spirit, the Spirit led them into a deeper caring for those around them. Our connection with the Holy Spirit is meant to lead us into deeper connection with those around us. Our connection with the Holy Spirit is meant to lead us into deeper connection with those around us. If you have someone in front of you who's saying they have a deeper connection with God, but it's caused them to care less about the world, about those in their very own neighborhood, then we have to stop and ask, what is that really? Because the Holy Spirit, the power of God on us, 
causes us to care more deeply about the people around us, to cause us to care more about what happens in their lives and what they're going through. This care is characterized by courage, curiosity, and compassion. This is what our interactions look like. When the spirit comes on us, we lean in, not away. The Holy Spirit is the bridge to the world. I remember one hot and muggy summer night in a place far from here. Caleb and I were watching something. Now this is pre-kids. So we're watching a movie at night and it had been well over a hundred degrees that day. And I remember we were sitting there watching when suddenly the screen went blank and the fan cut off and the lights went out and it was hot. We didn't have AC at that time, but the fan was sure helping to keep the air circulating for us and the power stayed off for us most of the night. What happened? If you've had this experience, you know, nothing was wrong with the computer. Nothing was wrong with the lighting system or the fan. However, no power was available to enable the mechanics to function. We weren't able to keep going. Churches and denominations are like that. You see, organization is necessary and we get into systems and we get into routines and things that we take for granted, right? Like coming to church on Sabbath morning and studying the Bible together in person in Sabbath school and being able to raise our voices in worship. We have systems and we have structure and it's all good and necessary, but unless the Holy Spirit infuses our worship. Unless the Holy Spirit is with us in our study, it is without power. The mechanism is still there, but it is without power. So Jesus said to his early disciples, don't go forward until you've received the Spirit. Don't try to do this on your own. You see, you can't do it without power. You might have each other, you might have a system, you might have a structure, but without the power of the Spirit, it's not worth anything. You see, the Holy Spirit is the bridge to the world. And without the bridge, without the power of connection, this invisible connection, something beyond what you can see or, or visualize, without that, you will be ineffective. So what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on them? Well, Acts chapter two tells us what happens. Now, we'll go back to those early scenes when the wind begins to blow in just a moment, but let's skip forward to exactly what is happening. Now, they're making fun of them. They're saying, maybe you got a little bit drunk on wine, but Peter stands up in verse 14 and addresses the crowd. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd saying, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. These people are not drunk. They are, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is what happens when the Spirit comes upon them. The Spirit bridges to the world. Our mission, our calling is to reach the world with the love of Jesus, but it is enabled by a power that is beyond our own. The mission unites us all and it connects us to the world. Communities on mission together are united in heart even when they are different. Think of the differences among us right now. Uh, just in the shows that we like to watch when we were kids, we're very different. But there are other things. There are other differences. You and I are very different. We're different in how we were raised. We're different in our priorities. We're different in our beliefs about God and how God acts or shows up in the world. Perhaps right now you're even feeling like it's very different how you believe the church should respond to the pandemic. We're different in so many ways our theology, our politics, our ways of relating to each other. But the call of love is what unites us all. As Seventh-day Adventists, we have over 21 million people that call this their faith community, their spiritual family. Our understanding of what it means to be church holds us together even, and especially when we're different. We're on a mission together. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, go, this is in red. Jesus says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, make followers, people devoted after me, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do all things that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. When the early disciples watched and prayed together in Acts chapter 2, the very beginning, the Holy Spirit brings a unity and empowers them to see the people around them in a different way and to serve them. They were gathered together in that upper room. They were praying. They were pouring out their hearts together, uniting in prayer when the sound of a mighty rushing wind blows through. Wind because you can't see where it comes from or where it's going. You can't harness it. You can't control it. But wind rushes through and they know the Holy Spirit has descended. That something is going to happen that's beyond what they could do on their own. Would we notice if we didn't have the Spirit among us or would things just keep going on as normal? You see, the Holy Spirit wants to do among us what we cannot do on our own. So Jesus says, wait, be dependent, pause, watch, and pray together. And as they're watching and praying together, the Spirit rests on them. And they begin to proclaim the risen Christ in different languages. And they proclaim this to the multi-ethnic multitude that's assembling because the Spirit is falling. And they come together and they're drawn, drawn to God, to the message of the risen Savior. A church conducted a lay evangelism training. We did a lot of these in Washington. And so I heard this story about this church that had especially emphasized the leadership of the Holy Spirit in evangelism. And afterward, for several weeks, this group of lay people would come together at a weekly luncheon, and they started exchanging their stories of what God was doing among them around the table 
telling stories about the Holy Spirit's work. A physician said that since the Institute, he had noticed that it was natural to talk with his patients about spiritual matters. He had customarily done so, but he had always felt like he had to interject God into the conversation. Now he says it just comes naturally. Someone asked him what the difference was, and he said, you know, I don't know what the difference. I suppose the Holy Spirit just knows now that I'm available. I love that picture. Holy Spirit knows that I'm available. Are you and I available? Are we ready? Do we want and desire to see God work in a way that's beyond ourselves? Holy Spirit, we're available. Pastor Jim Moon said that as the disciples gathered together in that upper room, their shared anticipation in prayer paves the way for a corporate recognition of God's hand at work. Because they were praying together, they could then see that God had answered their prayers, that God was working on their behalf. And I continue the quote, prayer is both communion with God and commission to the world. There's always this shared picture of prayer, communion and commission. Jesus instructs them to pray and that the spirit would fall on them. He tells them pray and then act because you need the spirit in order to work. How often do we do that? Pray and then act. We know now more than ever that we are in need of connection, that we are connected beings. Neuroscience has proven just how much we need each other. The quote I shared from Nagoski last week, uh, two weeks ago actually bears repeating, self-care cannot prevent burnout, but care for one another can. Again, I will say, uh, I quote from them again, we need connection like we need food and water. We cannot do this alone. Living out communion with God and commission to the world must be done in community with others. And we see that in the early church. They had communion with God. They were commissioned to reach the world, but they did that in community with one another. And that's what gave them strength. That's what gave their witness power beyond themselves. We are drawn to this one another with this brain-to-brain -brain connection. We engage with another person and we have the ability through a bridge, that, neuro, that neurological bridge to affect our brain, our body, our emotions of the people around us. And we also experience that effect. Just ask, uh, or maybe you notice when someone is around you that has a really negative or oppressive spirit, you feel that too. We have this neurological bridge one from another. We affect each other. We have this ability to affect each other. So get this. The Holy Spirit is the bridge between us and God. God draws us into communion, into fellowship. And as we're drawn into communion with God, we're also commissioned to the world that we then become a bridge a link for another person to know and experience the love of God. So Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a bridge from me to you. And then you, by the power of the Spirit, of course, are a bridge to one another, from God to other people. Communion, commission, and community all connected together. How does this happen? How are we able to be the bridge? How are we able to bring about this neurological connection to one another, one person to person with each other? 
the Holy Spirit descends as they pray, as the disciples pray. We see this example of dependence in the life of Jesus. Paul Miller describes that Jesus was without question the most dependent human being who ever lived. He can't do this on his own. So we find that he prays and he prays and he prays. Luke says Jesus withdrew to a desolate place to pray. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Just as I've depended on the Father, so you are to depend on me. In these words, Jesus is inviting us to a life of dependence on God and interdependence on the believers around us. We don't have the resources to do this life on our own. So as Miller says, I don't have the foresight or the wisdom or the compassion or the love that I need. When you know you can't do this life alone, then prayer actually makes more sense. For some of us, we've, in, we've hit the wall of that during this pandemic. We maybe used to just pray, but now we pray. We pray and reach out to God in our need. We reach out to God from this place of vulnerability, this place of desperation. Brene Brown says vulnerability is the currency of connection. So we find the disciples are vulnerable with God and with one another as they wait and pray for something that's beyond themselves to be able to make happen. They feel dependent. They know they can't do it on their own. They're grasping, calling out to one who can. And as they do, vulnerable and dependent as they are, the Holy Spirit comes on them and there's a bridge to the other people. As they spend time in communion with God, they are then commissioned to make a difference, bridging to others. Our vulnerability, our dependence, our openness can lead us to a place of being open to connect with others. We know we don't have it on our own. We cannot connect on our own. But the Holy Spirit can. Do you have a relationship that you're struggling with? I'm wondering if perhaps you have a family member, someone in your close family circle where you think it's going well and you're ignoring the little things when suddenly you find yourself beside yourself. How could they say that? How could they do that? How can I connect with them? Or perhaps you look at your coworker and you struggle with how to show that you care about them. Or you see your neighbor and you're not sure how to show love to share the love of God with them. We are dependent. We are vulnerable. So we come to God in communion. And as we do, the Holy Spirit comes on us, especially as we are with one another. And we're able to bridge in ways that we couldn't on our own. Communion with God, commission to the world, and community with one another. The Holy Spirit as a bridge. In 1921, at the age of 39, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a rising star in the political world. Vacationing on a remote island in Canada, he awoke one morning without feeling in his legs. Over the next few nerve-wracking days, his condition worsened. It was misunderstood, it was misdiagnosed, and about one month later, the headline blared to the world from the New York Times that F.D. Roosevelt III had polio. 
As Terry Hershey says, as careful as we may be, as strong as we may be, as faithful as we may be, life can take left turns and the walls come crashing down for us. For the physically active FDR, this news, polio, paraplegic, potentially a stationary life, it could have utterly unraveled him. Not unlike an amputated spirit, he could have found himself at the end of his life. It is reported, however, that Franklin took the news from his physician without showing any emotion. In years later, Francis Perkins, Roosevelt's Secretary of Labor, would notice that in a time of crisis, such as in Pearl Harbor at that moment, there was a studied quality about Roosevelt's calmness. But what happens next? With this starkly diminished capacity, what choices would FDR make? With his family and with his life at the crossroads, his mother, Sarah Ann Delano, weighed in. She had made up her mind that Franklin was going to be an invalid the rest of his life and that he should retire to Hyde Park and stay there. But Franklin didn't follow his mother's advice and we're better because of it. In 1928, he was elected the governor of New York. In 1932, he became the 32nd president of the United States, and he served four terms. And we are better off because of it. It proved, Eleanor said later, a blessing in disguise. It gave him strength and courage he had not had before. Imagine that, his dependence. The, the wall that he crashed up against, the thing that was insurmountable for him, gave him courage and strength he didn't have before and allowed him to be the leader we needed at the time that we needed him the most. Embracing vulnerability, realizing that like Elder Deo prayed in his prayer, we long to reach the world. We long for God to, to, to be shown strong among us, for the Holy Spirit to be poured out, for us to witness so many being drawn to Jesus as we lift up Jesus. But we must embrace our vulnerability. And we cannot do this without you, God. The Holy Spirit is the bridge that we desperately need to you, God, and to the people around us. Living authentically means accepting our limitations and at the same time living into our calling embodying what we are meant to be. FDR had a sense of who he was meant to be. The early disciples had a sense of who they were meant to be, though it was needed, this power and strength beyond themselves. But the Holy Spirit was a bridge between us and God and between them to the world and wants to be even now. So back to those kids shows for a moment. I feel like today what kept coming to my mind and causing a smile to come to my face was today's program brought to you by the letter C. If you ever watched Sesame Street, Katura has for sure, Elder, our co-head elder, that today seems to be brought to us by the letter C. We're called to live in communion with God. We're commissioned to make a difference in the world. We do that together in community. We engage this calling with courage, with curiosity, and with compassion. I'm wondering what you feel like you most need right now. Do you need to be reminded that you're called to live in communion? Do you need to be reminded that you are commissioned to carry the love of Jesus to the world? 
Do you need to be reminded today that you don't do this alone, that you do this in community? Perhaps if you've hit a wall with a relationship, you can engage it with courage, that you don't give up, that you don't stop just because fear rises in you and you don't see a way out. You move forward with courage, not because you lack fear, but because you know that you need to keep going. Maybe you need to be reminded to engage this hard relationship with curiosity. What's below this for me? What's below this for the other person? How can we reach one another? or with compassion for yourself and for others. Engage this Holy Spirit power, this power that's beyond ourself, this power that enables us to do what we could not do on our own. I believe God wants to do something among us. What I keep praying, church family, is that we would emerge out of this darkness, out of this fire, out of this testing time different than what we were going into it. I am praying that when we regather, because I believe we will, someone asked me, do you think that we will ever gather again? Will we ever have time in the sanctuary singing together again? Do you believe we will have potlucks where we'll sit across from each other and eat haystacks again? I do. And I believe we'll do so differently because of how we've been brought through. I'd love to say that the Holy Spirit's power is going to take us out of what we're facing right now. And that's what I often pray for. Take us out of whatever it is that we're going through. Please, God, help this family to be brought out of this scenario. Help them to be healed. Help them to find no evidence of cancer. That's what we pray and we long for it and we believe it is possible because our God is powerful. But so often I see God helps us through God gives us power in our inner being, power, this same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I and enables us to do beyond what we could do on our own. Holy Spirit is the bridge. Holy Spirit is the bridge between us and God, us and the people around us and among us. The Holy Spirit. We are dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. So as we are emptied, Emptied and filled is the title of this series. As we are emptied, realizing we are vulnerable, dependent, we are then also filled, filled with a power that is beyond ourselves. And we're all better off because of it. So I'm wondering today, which C do you need? Are you needing communion with God today? Are you needing to remember you are commissioned to reach the world? Are you needing to remember that you don't do this alone, that you are called to community? I'm wondering which you are drawn to right now. Take a moment to be able to write that in the chat. Yes, Elder Ernie, it will be a grand celebration with lots of hugging. I cannot wait for that. Absolutely, absolutely true. Captain Kangaroo, Brian, I'm catching up for a moment. This is really, really incredible. So grateful to be able to hear, hear that. All right, we'll continue to write in the chat. If you could just write communion, commission, or community. What are you needing most right now? And we're gonna hear another beautiful, beautiful song. A beautiful song from Shirley as we continue 
to pray about how this Holy Spirit's power is to come on each of our lives.
Amen, right? Beautiful. Mercy said no. So from what, whatever place you are in this morning, this afternoon now, God's mercy is reaching out to you and the Holy Spirit is ready to be poured out on each of us that we would not be the same, that we would have the powerful experience of communion with God as the Holy Spirit bridges between us and God, and that we would feel our commission to the world as we do so in community with one another. I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, about your experiences. Thank you for sharing about, uh, I'm so glad that you're okay, Battle Cat, with the polio you contracted as a child, with the different shows that you were sharing. I feel like I get to know each of you a little bit more and that each of us get to. And I do appreciate, Brian, that you shared. Um, we had, um, I had misspoke earlier. So we are looking forward to having Dr. Shelton Kilby with us in this coming Sabbath at 4 p.m. Thank you so much for each of you as you've been sharing the communion with God, the commission, and also the community that we long for. I just want to pray especially that you would experience God drawing you close, the Holy Spirit empowering you at this moment in exactly what you need. Let's pray. If you want to, you can just hold out your hands too. Hold out your hands as you lift up whatever request is on your heart, whatever you're sensing right now. Oh God, thank you for connecting us together just now. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that bridges between us, between you and between us and others. We ask, oh God, that you would bring a depth, that you would bring a connection that is beyond any one of us. Right now, there are those who are worried fearful, anxious, incredibly hopeless. And I just want to lift them up before you right now that you would work and that you would move in their lives. There are some who have been praying for a breakthrough in the relationships that they have with their neighbors, with their coworkers, with their family. And I want to lift up those relationships to you that your Holy Spirit would bring a connection, bring a bridge between them that's beyond what they could do on their own. I want to especially pray that you would continue to do the slow transformational work that you're doing in our lives. I say this in faith because I know that you continue to work. Your power is always at work. You are working in us. We often just do not recognize or see it. Just like there are things that we don't see, connections happening all the time that we don't see around us. God, there's a slow, measured, transformative work that you are doing among us and in us. So may your spirit be unleashed to do that work that is beyond what any of us could do on our own. We thank you, Jesus, for the important ways that you are moving among us. Please hold our church family close, I pray. Each person watching, if they're tuning in for the first time or if they're a part of our regular community, I just pray that you would embrace them and hold them in your presence and your power today. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless each of you and may God keep you. May you sense the face of God shining upon you and bringing you a peace that will not let you go. See you next week.